Hey everyone, this week's episode is a very sensitive topic and I just wanted to give everyone a heads up about some potentially triggering information. Uh, This week we discuss some childhood trauma with my guest and some of the stories that are shared today may be very uncomfortable and difficult for listeners to hear. It gets pretty heavy, but I think it's an important topic that needs to be discussed more And we really need to talk about it within our community and create safe spaces for people to express this type of stuff. So I just wanted to give everyone that heads up. Um, Please proceed with caution and yeah, make sure to wear headphones and please enjoy the episode. Welcome to Submerge the Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Leone. Join me as I sit down with kinky people from kinky communities and share kinky stories. We will submerge ourselves into BDSM culture, covering trends, experiences, education, and more. We'll talk with every side of the slash, from newcomers to leaders to everyone in between. Follow us on Instagram at sub.mergelife for updates and info. Now strap yourself in or strap someone else in and enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of Submerge the Podcast. I'm your host, Leia Leone, and I am joined today by the beautiful Cookie Bavani again. Good morning. Thanks thanks for being here. (laughs) Thanks for me being here. I don't know. We're on location again, so you never come to me. I'll just come to you. Super early. It is. It's super, super early for us. <laughs> um, today's episode is going to be a little bit more serious. We'll try to we'll try to incorporate some some funness in here, but it's kind of a heavy topic. So um, I had a fan reach out and pose a question that I think is probably. A very important question, one, but probably a regular question by a lot of people that just doesn't get discussed a lot um, in regards to littles and middles and age players and how, how do we approach that side of us in a BDSM setting safely when we have suffered trauma or abuse in our past at those ages. And I came to you to talk about this because I am blessed to have not have had some of the terrible things that a lot of people in our community have had happen to them at a young age. Um, And whatever you're comfortable sharing is... I think would be super helpful for everybody to hear. But um, I know there's there's a lot of us, there's a lot of people in our community that have had this happen where they, they have had something terribly traumatic happen at a very, very young age. And we kind of go back to that mindset in some of our play because it's a kind of a space we've been stuck at. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm going to caveat all of this with saying that... Um, this is me being super vulnerable. I don't talk about, most people don't know I have a little, I identify as middle, but right. most people don't even know I have it. So um, I'm doing this and having this conversation publicly 
um, for the benefit of a personal friend of mine who I had a conversation with last weekend and I'd like to share some things that might help her also. Um, so this is, this is probably going to get deep for some people. Trigger warning. Yeah. I was going to say real raw about my trauma. Yeah. And I, I probably, I'm going to probably put something before this too, and just let everybody know this, this could be a possible trigger warning for anybody. So listen with caution and, and care and make sure that you're in a safe place to be listening to this because some things might, uh, they might get a little deep. So, but with that, let's start chatting about it because I think it's important. Um, so I, I was reached out to, um, by someone, not a super close friend, but somebody I had recently met and they have very traumatic things from their past that they have been through and and now they're in a committed relationship and they are with a loving partner and they feel safe but they're still struggling with how do how do they get into the mindset and the safe place within their own head I think is probably what they're asking of of being able to go into age play or a big little dynamic or some sort of you know, whatever, put your own spin on it, whatever you guys practice. Um, but how do you feel safe with that without perpetuating the stigma that a lot of littles and middles get and daddies get, um, daddies and mommies, right? That, oh, it's pedophilia. Oh, you're, you know, you're perpetuating this disgusting urge that people have in society and then you shouldn't be playing like that. And I, I want to say as a middle, there are safe ways to do this and there are healthy ways to do this and be in that space that I, I don't feel that you would be perpetuating that stigma. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, it's hard to get over that hump though. Yeah. Yeah. Society is, has taught us that, um, anything even thoughts about yeah childlike things yeah. are pedophilia and that's just not the case if adults are involved it's not pedophilia correct and it is unlikely you know i'm a 51 year old woman anybody that wants to do age play with me probably isn't into kids because i don't resemble a child whatsoever truth um truth so you know there are there are a lot of other places that that have lots of good information on it's not pedophilia. Um, that's a whole podcast in itself probably. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just a resource link. <laughs> we'll just resource. We'll yeah. just link all the resources yeah. below. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where to start. It's hard. Um, I, I, let's go from, let's start with my personal experience and get that out of the way so that we can either cry or not cry and then move forward. Sounds good. I've already um, got goosebumps. I don't know that so. you've heard, even heard a lot of this. Um, I don't think I have. I had <laughs> a, a lot. Nobody feels sorry for me. I've done all the therapy. I'm good. Don't write to me and say you're concerned. I really am okay. That's why I can talk about this the way I do. Um, I had a lot of childhood trauma. Um, first memories of sexual type abuse, that is the first recollection I have is kindergarten. Okay. Um, and my blood brother was that person. 
um, for several years. And then there was a, a big chunk of time where there was nothing. And then back into about second grade. Um, and he was my abuser for quite some time. He called it playing house. Um, uh. And if you play house with me, I'll play Barbies with you later. Um, it was all linked to sexual abuse. Mm. Um, and let's see, chronologically, how did this go? Um, I left home because there was, I, I also had a, a mentally ill mother. Um, and between those two things, I just, I couldn't be there. So right. I lived on the streets for quite some time and a lot of bad shit happens to people when they live on the streets. Yeah. Um, you consensually have sex with a lot of people that you don't really want to, to have a place to sleep or whatever. And, yeah. and that jacks with your mind the same way. Yeah. Um, because you didn't want to be there. Well, it labels, um, uh, it labels, it puts a different definition on what sex is Yeah. Yeah. for you. Yeah. yeah. Super transactional and right. makes it, um, not exactly sexy. Yeah. 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 Ugh. Um, so there was that, um, I was date raped. Um, let's see, we're still going, trying to go chronologically. The, the worst part and, and what I'm trying to get to was somewhere around 1213. Um, I lived on the streets and I was, it was like just before Christmas and this was at a time many years ago when Kansas City saw real winter. Uh, like it was, yeah. it was before global know, warming. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was very cold all the time, you know, for months. Um, it doesn't really do that anymore. And I was walking from, uh, it probably would have been about two, two to three miles was, I was going from one place to another, mm -hmm. um, in, on a very cold night. And, um, Someone pulled over in a truck and asked me if um, Iowa needed a ride. It's cold. It's very cold. Yeah. So, yes, um, this person was prepared like he was hunting. Um, he had – he gave me a wine cooler because that was the thing. Um, and apparently it was dosed with something. I don't – who knows what. Um, and the next thing I know, I'm – buy some train tracks and I'm being raped. Holy shit. Um, after that, it, I, I went into survival mode. So it was just do whatever he says. Yeah. Yeah. And live through just it. Stay alive. Um, yeah. he took me to a, a creepy motel and kept me there for three days tied to a bed. Fuck. Um, and you know that I have weird issues around my face. Mm -hmm. And the reason I have those is because he kept, he, he would hit me in places, everything but my face. He would say, don't make me hit your pretty face. Do what I say. Don't make me hit your pretty face. What I don't, fuck? don't make me ruin your pretty face, these things. So this is part of my, I don't like people touching my face. I don't like to be kissed. Yeah. Like I don't like people in my face. God, that's weird. And, and this is, you know, Almost forty years later, yeah, thirty years later, yeah. it's still and shit it, it will live with me with forever. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, God. so I went through that one specifically in more detail because that is the age I revert to because it's my largest trauma. Okay. So when I'm in little space, I'm about thirteen, and I behave the way I behaved at thirteen, which isn't typical thirteen-year-olds because I was drinking and smoking and having sex and right. whatever. But it's still 
that age space. In your brain, it's that yeah. age that you were. Yeah. It's that level yeah. of maturity. Okay. Okay. Jeez. So I only share that middle space. That is my most vulnerable period. Yeah. Yeah. That's why nobody knows I have it. Yeah. Because so few people get to see it. So there's only a handful of people yeah. that you trust enough yeah. to get to see that. Yeah. Yeah. So only a select few know and have experienced your middle space. Yeah. Um, because of trust and, and yep. just that vulnerable. Place. My my middle space, like in general, my submissive side, my slave side is um, letting go of control and setting everything aside so I can do that really easily with slave because it's serve, serve, serve. Right. It's, you know, the, it's not, it, it's not deep in that way. Okay. Right. Um, but the middle side is the, I don't cuddle. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> because it's the most vulnerable. Like yeah. if, if I'm, if I'm comfortable enough to get in someone's arms that's that same person that I'm going to act goofy around and that I'm going to, you know, feel the desire to put in pigtails and right. and make stupid jokes and throw glitter around. Yeah. Get some stickers and, you know, That's I mean, awesome. wifey's seen it, not to the 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 extent of age play, but, you know, I we were in uh, L.A. recently oh, okay. and... Um, in a Walgreens at, I don't know, one in the morning or something. And I saw a Squishmallow and I squeed a little bit and squeezed it and was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then she had me go pay for all the stuff and meet her at the car. And she came out with the Squishmallow and gave it to me. And I was like, oh my God, you got me a Squishmallow. Oh, that's, you love me. That's right? so sweet. So, um, you know, she's seen it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so it really is a moment of laying it down to therapeutically not have it, which is odd because it's reverting to that age where right. it all happened. So it's a reliving of those moments. Okay. okay. Right. That in a different way. Yeah. Almost um, in the sense that like now you have control. Yeah. On how you're going to be as this age Versus somebody else being in control of it. Right. Yeah. And even if it gets to a sexual type play within the age play, it's still about that because it's yeah. then gentle and um, connected and not icky. Not transactional. Yeah. More about love and connection. And, yeah. And it's not about, control. it is and it isn't about control because daddy is still in control Daddy right. still calls the shots. Right. But daddy is a caregiver, so daddy is doing it in a way that he knows I'm comfortable with. Right, right. Which is a huge vulnerable place for you to be in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've definitely experienced that. So it's... this is where I say that that age play can be used as therapy. Yeah. Because I get when I get comfortable enough to go to that age in that space, um, I get to rewrite the narrative of that age, right? I don't know how long that's going to take to right. like not need it. That I you know I had this question on an earlier podcast that um I wonder if we you know you grow out of 
that age range naturally when you're a human. Do you think in BDSM we will grow out of that needing that age range as well? Like, would we grow up within a dynamic? Let's say you met a daddy or a mommy and you're a middle at 12 or 13 and then you're with this person for a long time. Do, do you think that there is that possibility? And I guess it's just dependent on the person, but that you would slowly grow up with that person and become an older than age player. Like could littles grow into a middle role or would middles grow into like, you know, late adolescent role within that same space that they have with a person? I think that's possible. I don't know that I would ever set it as a goal. Um, That's fair. Yeah. I think it would be something that would have to happen naturally and you would just due to nurturing, like I think it would have to be a 24 seven dynamic. Yeah. Um, because you like, you would have to live that same amount of time or more. Yeah. 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 It almost uh, might even take twice as long. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got goosebumps this whole episode. Yeah. I don't feel like I, cause I, I haven't done enough of that to really contemplate whether or not I've grown up. Right. Right. Out of that space. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. I think anybody yeah. is, it's probably different for everybody. Yeah. Uh, depending on what trauma and depending on how long and what age and the person they're with and the safety there and the vulnerability. So yeah, God, interesting to think about though. It's just a, I feel like I've, I feel like the answer would be yes. That again, if you were 24 seven and you, and, and, and your daddy or mommy were developing you in a, parental manner yeah that yeah yeah you would you would learn lessons and you would grow up a little bit and that i think would heavily depend not only on ourselves right as the middles or littles but it would depend solely on that caregiver personality and how well they knew what they were doing one and how good of care they took and and to see if that would evolve yeah for sure interesting I have to think about that some yeah. more. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just it like popped into my head the other day and I'm like, I wonder if that is a thing. Like, I don't know. But so it, that, I, that's an interesting yeah. segue into, um, I'm, I'm going to share something without names. Um, the conversation I had last weekend was with a trans woman. You know who you are. I love you. Um, who spoke about, um, she's newer to the BDSM community and one of her desires is to be able to explore um, her little space because she grew up not a girl and yeah. wants to be able to, for the first time, yeah. live that life. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I found that conversation really fascinating in that, wow, yeah, you know, it doesn't have to be about um, sexual trauma or whatever that we revert Um I think there's a reason we all revert and you have to find out what that reason is for you. Right. But, um, for her, it's that she never got to do it at all. And she wants to put pigtails in and, and, you know, run around in little skirts and be the little girl that she never got to be as a child. Right. Cause you grow up a boy and you're doing boy things and you know, those, those gender roles are real and, 
what an absolute gift that would be for her. Yeah. Like that's, um, yeah, it's like, getting I don't to... think you could give her anything better in life yeah. than to allow her the vulnerability and the space to be what she always wanted to yeah. be, who she was and could not, but could not. not who she wanted to be, be who she was right. and was not allowed to be because, yeah. you know, reasons, society, yeah. whatever. Yeah. She couldn't express it then. Yeah. So now she has an opportunity yeah. to express it now. Whew. That's heavy too. Wow. <laughs> we go deep here today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have a, I'm going to divulge this on the podcast. I have a trans child. And when you told me that story after you met her, um, that thought clicked in my head that there's, there's a lost part of my child that he doesn't have from, you know, because he was born with female identifying characteristics. So I think there was a lost moment there. Yeah. Lost moments, lost life, really, you know, like, and luckily he's young enough where I think, yeah, I think there's a lost, that, that lost sense of life, like that, that couldn't be a thing. Yeah. And now it can, it can be a, a possibility. But yeah, that's, uh, okay, so that's, so that's a different form of trauma, right? Because I think that's something that the trans community does um, experience, that where it's not, it's almost like an indirect trauma. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's different definitions of trauma. I'm sure yeah. that is traumatic in, in the emotional mindset. Um, it's just a different type of trauma. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay, so let's go back. So you... You're at that age, that's 12, 13, which is a fucking crucial age. Yeah. That's where you're discovering who you are and you're really trying to figure out, like, where am I in this world? Like, who am I in this world? That innocence is taken from you. And now you're here at 51 and you're like, yeah, I, and for years you've been, you've known this about yourself, but only a handful. I mean, compared to how long you've lived, I mean, you only a handful of, of years that you've really kind of embraced that side of you. Yeah. Whew. I probably behaved that way before I knew what it was. Fair. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I remember it, an ex do. of mine saying yeah. to me at one point, I, I don't know, I was doing something goofy or whatever. And he was like, this is the side of you I want to see, you know, why don't I see this more often? You're so serious and you're so, Oh. you know, go gettering. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause you lived your whole life having to be your own parent. Yeah, for sure. So, like my entire life. Right. I mean, you know, the reality is that, um, I, I was a tool. My mother met a man who made very good money mm -hmm. and she got pregnant on purpose to keep him. So, I mean, I've, yeah. my father for a short period of my life, because I was separated from him due to craziness and divorce and whatever, right. when I was 12, Ugh. Um, okay. what fond memories I have of my childhood are based around my daddy, period. Yeah. Um, he traveled for work when he was home, he had a home office and I was in it with him. If he was home, I was in there with him. Okay. Period. I 
unless I was made to do something else, I was wherever my dad was. Right, right. He was the only safe person. And at what age did he leave or did, I'm sorry, did he leave or at some point or did you That's a whole leave? convoluted story. Um, the short version is that as a 10, 11 and, and just into 12 year old person, there was a lot of craziness going on in my life and there was a lot of um, push pull between my parents. My father very much wanted to take custody away from my mother. My mother was crazy and they fought each other. And so um, there came a point where I just wanted the fighting to stop and they kept asking me, who do you want to live with? Who do you want to live with? Because <sighs> that's that age where the judges ask you, you know, what's your opinion? And I didn't want to make anybody mad, but the, da the more dangerous person was my mother. And if I pissed her off, yeah. that was far more dangerous to me. Also in that is, you know, in a weird way, my brother, who was my abuser, was also my protector in this bizarre fashion. Jesus. And so when I made that decision, it was a combination of I don't want to piss off the more dangerous person, my mother, and my protector yeah. um, Quote unquote. lived with my mother and I wanted to be with him. Wow. <laughs> that fuck? gets into a whole other level of mental Jesus. bullshit. Like yeah. what people need to understand is that you know, when people are abused like this in childhood, you don't have the tools to figure out the right decision to make. <sighs> and, and the reality is, is if I'd have gone to my mother and said, because I did later and said that my brother was abusing me, it was that they may not believe me thing. And when I went to her at, well, I don't know, 20 after getting into therapy for the first time and realizing it because for years and years and years I had a secret and it was that I slept with my brother the day that it hit me that it was that's not what it was right. that I was molested right. was very intense and almost ended my life. Yeah, and when I went you... to her a couple of years later and told her about this because my therapist said you need to talk about this with people that matter and I went to my mother she told me I was a liar. At, at 20 something. Oh my God. So you're carrying around this guilt and shame that you did something wrong. Yeah. Because you slept with your brother. Yeah. <laughs> and one day the light bulb goes off. I was reading a book. I was, ugh. I was reading, um, flowers in the attic series. Okay. Yeah. 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 And I went, Oh my God. Literally. I, I put the book down and went, shit. That's what happened to me. That was not, I had sex with my brother. Yeah. That was not, it was not, it was consensual because he asked, right? Because he said, <sighs> I'll play house. If you play house with me, I'll play Barbies with you, right? So it was consensual, but it's not yeah. because I'm eight. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Wow. There are so many, I know that there are so many people listening to this right now that are just probably, their minds fucking blown. And, and that's what I want to say to people too, is that, you know, we don't have time in this podcast to get into all the layers, but there are so many layers to your trauma. If you're suffering out there, be easy on yourself because there are so many layers and you, you might get to a layer at, 
20 and then not get to the next layer yeah. until you're 35, 40 years old. And then it like creeps back up on you and you're like, oh shit, here's a whole different spin on that. Right. You know, and then you have to go through therapy again. If you're abused like this as a child, you're going to be dealing with some percentage of this probably for the rest of your life. It's yeah. going to affect your relationships. It may not be horrible and you may not like, you know, it right. may not be something that's super tangible all the time, but it's always going to be there in some fashion, even if you've right. dealt with it really well and put a lot of it aside. Yeah. Um, it's still going to creep up. It yeah. still affects things. Yeah. You have to be real self-aware and go, you know, is that my shit coming up again? Right. And then again, there might be shit you don't even know you have and you're 60 years old and you go, oh, there's another layer. Right, right. So That we block out, right? Because yeah. traumatic events, that's what we do. Yeah, your brain goes into uh, self-protection mode. Yeah. And blocks out certain things. Absolutely. And then later on in life, it like comes to the surface based on a trigger or some event and it sparks that core memory and... It comes out and you're like, wait, what, that was fucked up. What the fuck? I didn't even know that that happened to me. So oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> I think that's a good space to, since I'm being vulnerable and doing all the things, maybe that's a good space to talk about triggers and yeah. the real definition of a trigger. Um, I think we overuse that word at this point. Um, and uncomfortable is not triggered. Um, yes. I had an incident five years ago where the master I was serving, um, had my wrists cuffed to chains on his bed. I'm a fear player. I love fear probably because of this trauma. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what we were doing. And he took my legs and bound them to my already bound wrists. And then he was kind of cock walking around the bedroom, shit talking me. And I was like that in general, that's my jam. Yeah. Right. But there was something about the way I was tied up that brought me back to that space in that hotel room because I was tied to that bed yeah. for three days shit. in one fashion or another. Um, and he was pacing around the room and like being nonchalant about it, which was the game. It that right. was totally consensual. It was what we were doing. Right. We'd done it before in other ways. Um, but I, I remember my body just like completely tensed up and I was telling myself in my head, just, just relax. What's wrong with you? And I was squirming and just like could not get comfortable in this tied up to this bed situation. Right. And I said something. I said, I'm not okay. And he, it, it was part of the game, right? Because yeah. I'm not okay is not a safe word, yep. you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so he was still like pacing around what I'm going to do to you, you know, blah, 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 blah. And again, normally this person did not do anything wrong. This is what dominants need to be ready for mm -hmm. um, and have a plan because somebody might not even know they have a trigger. I did not know I had this trigger until right. this happened. Right. So um, I, I kept squirming and I kept thinking, it's fine, it's fine, just relax, just relax your body. And I just really could not. And I finally said, no, really, I'm not okay. And he turned and he looked at me and like, I don't know what my face looked like, but it set him into action. He released me out of it immediately picked me up, took me to a different room, closed the door, 
sat me down and grabbed my face and said, you're fine, it's me, and, like, made me look him in the eye <sighs> until I calmed down. Um, and that was exactly, I don't know how he knew to do that, yeah, but that was exactly what he needed to do was bring me back to reality, yeah. look in my face, you are not in danger. Um, and this was not a daddy person. This is an absolutely not a daddy person. Right, right. <laughs> um, he just, he just knew what to do. To yeah. know, to uh, be wise enough to just look at you and, and read your body language. Yeah. So <sighs> when people say I'm triggered because they, you know, they don't like needles or they don't like blood or whatever, yeah. I get really upset because I literally could not control my body yeah. in that moment. And to me, that is what triggered means yeah. where you, I felt like I was losing my mind. I was terrified and could not pull myself out of it. Jeez. There was nothing I could do to make myself better. He had to do it. Which true caregiver role, yeah. then you're putting your, I mean, essentially you're putting your life into this person's hands. Absolutely. And I had no idea that existed until that moment. Fuck. Would have never thought that would happen to me because I'm a strong person, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I've dealt with my shit because I've really dealt with my shit. Yeah. But then you don't know. You, you don't know. What I'd you... also never had my feet tied to my hands tied to a bed since that incident. Yeah. Who yeah. knew? Yeah. You know? So. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> we discussed myself and that person after that incident when we talked about it later. We actually discussed, because I'm going to jump in and let's let's get this dealt with person. Yeah. Um, we actually discussed literally recreating from, from roofing to wow. three days tied up. Wow. To get over it. And I, this, because of that incident and the way he handled it, and the fact that I know that if I needed a rubber room afterwards, that he would have taken me to one and, yeah. and, you know, and, um, cared me through it. We didn't right. end up doing it, but, okay. um, it was something I was very interested in because I really, I don't, I don't ever want to get triggered like that again. I'd rather yeah. just jump in and get triggered, you know, for, a whole weekend with somebody safe yeah. and, and maybe have that not be a thing in my, um, in my psyche anymore. Yeah. Almost like rewriting history. Yeah. Redoing the past in with a different With people way. I trust, the whole face thing with people I trust, there, there are three people that I've allowed to hit me in the face in scenes because I want to get over it. Yeah. Because I want it to become something other than what it was before. Mm. Um, And when that has happened in a scene, taking it back to age play, in the middle of that scene, I can be who I am on a normal basis. And mm -hmm. if you slap me in the face, I'm going back to that age. Yeah. I might come back out of it when you stop and right. go back to the scene in that other capacity. But in that moment that I'm getting hit in the face, I'm back. I'm there. I am right. 13, 12, 13, whatever that age was. Yeah. So at that point, you're using it as a tool yes, to work through a lot of that past and that trauma. Yeah, because I even I get I get uncomfortable when people gently touch my face in a loving manner. Yeah, me too. 
That's yeah. weird. Yeah. Don't touch my face. Yeah. That's weird. Because it, it, it takes me. My kids me, touch my face and I'm like, yeah. Ugh. It takes like, me uh, back to that. Yeah. In my head somewhere um, at different volumes at different times, it takes me back to don't make me ruin your pretty face. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty Just much any time my face is touched. Jeez. So do you think you'll ever, and you you said earlier, but do you think you'll ever get over that? Do you think you'll ever work through that and be like, you know what, I'm okay now with people touching my face? I just think it'll be less and less. Okay. You know, I think, it, you know, we, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, become numb to, like immune desensitized to. Desensitized. Kind of? yeah, yeah. I think I'll become desensitized yeah. to it being a bigger reaction. I think they'll always be a, a, a little bit, yeah. you know, a small little um, jolt or a, a squirm. But maybe it won't, it won't be a whole body reaction. Maybe it won't right. be a whole mind reaction. Maybe it'll just be a slight twitch at some point. You know right. what I mean? Instead of a, Ugh, yeah, you're touching my face. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I don't ever want like, you know, the masses touching my face, but right. this happens with people that I'm close to. Right. Right. And I'd like for that not to be the case. Yeah. Yeah. If so somebody wants to caress my cheek because yeah. they think I'm pretty and wonderful. The loving yeah. touch is is yeah. good and you want to feel good when mm -hmm. you're when you're receiving that. Yeah. I've heard uh multiple stories of people who have experienced rape and that's one of the kinks they have is C and C play. Yeah. And it is it is almost the the idea that they're they're reliving it. And they're taking back the power. Yeah. So now it's my choice that I'm consenting to this because I never was able to before. Right. Um, now I have the power to consent to this. And it's empowering to kind of relive that. So, I don't know. It's heavy shit. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> 10 a.m. Let's talk about rape. Jeez. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a lot. I I I know that people my experience with just the word daddy um I struggled with a long time uh before I would ever even use that word because there were a lot of daddy issues that I had and I I the word daddy was fucking disgusting to me. Creepy. I was like why would I call somebody I love who I'm intimate with, who actually is different than my biological father and acts different and protects me and looks out for me and loves me. Why would I call you the same name? That's Dad. interesting because I almost everyone I've ever dated has been exactly like my dad, probably because of that thing of the only good childhood memories I have are centered around him yeah. and the music we listen to and all of those things. Yeah. Um, when I think back to my childhood, I really can't come up with many stories that my dad was not there. Yeah. So I've always dated wow. these workaholic type A personalities that are right. like my father. They resemble your father yeah. figure. Yeah. And so I was calling my romantic partner's daddy long before, again, before I knew what age play even, was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Okay. So this dispels the whole theory that the whole stigma wrapped around, oh, you, oh, you call your partner daddy, whatever. That means you have daddy issues and you've got trauma. You've got a different experience and a reason for using the word daddy than I do. Yeah. 
and they're so far apart, but yet we're still using it as a tool to, I don't know, somehow take the power back. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the definition, but it's, it's, it's fascinating to me when people, they talk about BDSM and I'm talking like vanillas who like, Oh, it's BDSM. It's disgusting. And you should yeah. never do it. Right. And they, they have these reasons and these, Oh, this is why you do this. And because you had issues and the, and they put one definition on it that the reason you're like this is because this happened in your childhood and you didn't have a relationship or you had a relationship and that person left or whatever the reason is they sem- they seem to just put a blanket statement yeah. on everybody. And we all come to BDSM through such different, different experiences that I, it's a, I mean, it's probably a huge Venn diagram where we all intersect yeah. at some point, but we're all bringing such different childhoods and such different experiences into why we practice what we practice. Sure. I I have a belief, one of my unpopular opinions. Let's get canceled. Hot take, hot um, take, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> it is my belief, and, and I do have some training in psychology, um, and it is my belief that there's a reason that we're all here. Mm-hmm. And it none of them are the same, you yeah. know? God some people might be here because their childhood was too damn good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And they need to get their ass kicked because they never got their ass kicked. Right. Who knows? Right. You know? Yeah. I've talked to people. I've I've sat down with people numerous times and I'm like, everybody's got some kind. There's a reason we are here. There's yeah. a reason we end up here. Well, I never had any blah, 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 blah. And, and you talk to them for 10 more minutes and it's like, oh, there it is. Yep. There it is. And yep. like I said, it could be your childhood was too good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have a friend who's it basically it's like they're a passionate, emotional person and their family was not. Yeah. And so there was no release mm-hmm. ever. You weren't allowed that release as a kid. Everything was very even keel. Everything was neutral. There weren't any highs and lows. Yeah. So now they're looking at BDSM as like, this is where the passion is. Exactly. This is where I can express myself without judgment. And I think that's totally fair that we're, we're all coming from it from different angles. I had way too much passion and chaos in my life that I need somewhere to check out Mm -hmm. and, but have that passion be a part of it and then be able to just go, okay, exactly. I just need to leave it all. I have a good mix of all of those things. You know, there's, there's, um, there's order in MS yeah. that I need. There's structure and order that I never had because I lived on the streets from the time I was 11. Yeah. Um. So there's an order to the chaos of the universe. And then there's also fucking chaos yeah. when you're on a cross and just like all of the things are going through your head and it's yeah. right. Yeah. Um. And then, then there's other times where you're just chilled out and feel yeah. comfortable and you're just kind of floating around and whatever. Yeah. So it, it's all of the things for me Yeah, that um, I lived most of my life in fight or flight and my psyche doesn't know how to do anything else. Right. So when my life gets too calm, I need to get beat up so that mm. I have some chaos because my, my, my chemistry yes. doesn't understand how to deal with. Um, Just peace. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what it means. Yeah. I don't know how to sit in that and be comfortable. Yeah. Maybe I'd like to. I don't know. 
Yeah. I mean, like meditation. Yeah. Like I can't, I cannot, I cannot meditate. Did you can't. Your, your mind just goes to different. But yeah. Places. I'm just, I'm all over the place. I yeah. can't sit still like that. Yeah. But put me in rope. Mm. Now you have no and that choice. Removes mm-hmm. that. I just did rope this weekend for the first time in a very long time and was shocked at how fast I went. I found space and went, oh God, you know, here I am into it. Yeah. There's, there's the nothingness. Um, I need something to put me into nothingness. I can't, I'm not capable of doing it on my own Yeah, because I'm an overthinker because there's always danger. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and I don't think that that'll ever leave. Well, but. when you're conditioned to constantly be on guard yeah. and constantly be looking out for what's coming at me mm-hmm. and I need to protect myself, I need to make sure I'm taken care of, it's it's hard to not, to just turn that off. We were talking about that um, this weekend too, that um, for women in general, yeah. Let's let's erase all of my trauma already. For women in general, there is some degree. I I said to someone every time I walk out my front door, everyone's a rapist. It's valid. Um, and I'm not really like it's not a conscious thought. It's the minute I open the door, I am no longer as safe as I was inside the door. Hundred percent. Yeah. And it, it's not a conscious thought. Right. It's just always there. Right. Um. And I think all women and um, degrees further in that trans people, because you have a much higher possibility of death. Yeah. Just leaving your house. Yep. Um, Our POC people. Yeah. Don't get pulled over. Like every time they walk out the door, they are readying themselves subconsciously for, and now consciously with, yeah. You know, the the state of things, but yeah. at least subconsciously, bare minimum, subconsciously, they are preparing themselves for the possibility that some racist act is going, could happen to them. Yeah. Yeah. You almost, you, you can't, you can't leave without putting that armor on. And anybody that bit. thinks that that's not real, <sighs> your privilege is showing. Yeah. Yeah. Because that is very real it to very all real. minorities of all types. Yeah. That, um we are not as comfortable walking out our front door. Yeah. Jeez. So add that (laughs) on top of any trauma. Yeah. And any experience you've already had with shit happening. And it's just, yeah, it just multiplies. So I think that like, that's that moment, you know, um, of using it as therapy. Yeah age play as therapy is you're safe with mommy, daddy, caregiver, whatever you call your person. Right. Right. And like me in the rope, it's a trigger to say, I can lay that all down Yeah, and, you know, get out a coloring book and not worry. Yeah. Just be taken care of because my protector is here. (laughs) I'm behind that closed door. Yeah. So I'm not out in the world where it's dangerous. I'm behind the closed door with a person who loves me and gives me care. Yeah. And I can just not. Yeah. Just and I can do whatever bit. I want. I can paint my toenails. I can color in coloring books. I can, you know, sit around with a squishmallow and yeah. be a dork and 
<laughs> squee about how soft it is yeah. and, you know, all those things. I can put on clothing I would never wear. Yeah. <clears throat> um, you know, my my pajamas with cartoons on them that no yeah. one sees. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to do that. Expressing yourself through that that filter, not even filter, removing the filter, right? Yeah. And even take it down from trauma again, yeah. you know, for people that don't have trauma in their past, you don't have to worry about the grocery list. You don't have to worry about yeah. paying bills in that moment. You don't have to worry about going to work. Yeah. You can just shut up and be. Yeah. And I, society has us set up for very little time to shut up and be. Yeah. Especially American culture is, yeah. is, um, we really do not embrace the inner child and the self-expression of play. Self-care. Past a certain even. age. Yeah. Don't even go all the way to that. Yeah. So we don't embrace self-care. It's yeah. if you're not doing, you're lazy. Yeah. 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 If you take time for yourself, who are you neglecting? Yeah. But we will be the first people to applaud self-neglect. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, I think women, the harder you work, the better, yeah. the better you are as a human. Yeah. Mm, no. I think women have that. Um, I know moms in general, we have that stigma put on us of like, well, if you're not taking care of your kids 24 seven, you're, you're a bad mom. Yeah. If you shut your door and lock yourself in the bathroom to take a bubble bath, you're a bad mom. Um, I think that's slowly becoming better and not as big of an issue as it was. Yeah. I know when I first had kids, that was a huge issue that like people talked about all the time. Like you don't take time for yourself. This is what you chose to have kids. This is what you signed up for. Yeah. You don't get to do that. You don't get to do mm -hmm. that. You got to sacrifice, but you can't give to those kids. If you're empty, you can't give to anyone, anyone. if you are empty. Anyone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so then now I want to segue from that and say, okay, now we're in, we've identified we're little, middle, some sort of age player at some part. What do we do to make sure that we aren't using this as an escape and instead using it as a tool? Um, I do know that there are some people who they don't want to deal with their fucking issues. And they would rather just literally mentally check out and not be an adult ever. That's not healthy. It's detrimental. And at some point, it if it doesn't end your relationship, yeah. it should. Yeah. Because your caregiver should be, in my opinion, um, your caregiver should be teaching you how to... It's like almost, not use it as a crutch. Yeah, it should be, you should be able to compartmentalize those sides of you and bring those personalities or those sides of you, the littles, the middles, the whatever. You should be able to bring those out when it's time yeah. and appropriate. The goal should be, in my opinion, yeah. um, the goal should be that... It's your vacation from the adult life that you are taking care of. God, that's a really... Can you please say that again? That is <laughs> such a good way to put it. Little space should be a vacation yes. from the adult life that yeah. you are taking care of. Yeah. Like you 
you got to pay your bills. You got to clean your house. You got to do the things. Um, and, and in little space, that's the responsibility of your caretaker. If you haven't cleaned your room, you don't get to color. That's your job, daddy, mommy. Yeah. That's your job. If you are taking on the daddy, mommy role, there should be a chore list. And if, if if your adult response, listen, have a chore chart that says go to work and you get a sticker for going to work. That's great. There you go. But you got to go to work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Did the dishes. Yeah. you can utilize it in that manner, in that childlike manner. If if when you walk through your door after work, you do other than your outside of the house responsibilities, you do little 24-7. Right. Other than those outside responsibilities, the minute you walk in that door, you should go to your chore chart and you should have things to do. If you are a child, yeah. that's the way children are raised to be better um, human beings and better adults. Yeah. You have to handle your responsibilities. You don't get to play video games until you've done the dishes or walk the dog or mow the lawn or whatever your job is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you can make it beautifully fun. Yeah. Um, by having the stickers. Well, and use it as a reward, right? Your little space is a reward that you get after you're done doing the adulting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hot take. Hot take. Hot take. Um, we can't live in vacation mode all the time. No, it's unsustainable. Our society won't allow that. You have, you have stuff you have to do. Well, and it's not healthy. Even if, even if our society was like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's all live in (laughs) vacation mode. It's unsustainable. Um, how are you going to eat? It also makes it less attractive to even be, I, I would assume that, like, I don't want to be in middle space all the time. No, um, It's what makes the opportunity to be in middle space so attractive and desirable for me because they are very short snippets in right. the day, right? So I get to check out just for that It's its own reward. Bit. Yeah. 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 And then I go, okay, I don't fucking care about anything. I don't care if the dog's getting fed. I don't care if the kids need dinner. I don't care if (laughs) the car needs an oil change. I don't care about that right now. Why? Because I took care of that shit. Yeah. For the first eight hours of my day. Right. And then this, this chunk of time, I just get to fucking chill. Be. Yeah. Just be. Just be. Just be. And that's not lazy. And it's not, it is a form of self care. I think BDSM is a form of self care in its uh, in and of itself right like if people are masochists like you're saying you need the chaos of the cross every now and then because when life gets a little too peaceful it's come it's uncomfortable yeah so put me in a position where it's chaos but it's controlled Mm -hmm. and it's your choice and you're doing it because you know this is gonna balance everything out and there's an end to it yeah there's a definitive stopping point. valid very valid point you know when it's going to end yes there is an end this yeah. isn't it's not going to last for a week you know like some other big ordeals in our lives you know yeah. that happen are like a sustained period of time yeah. you know the control is in this will end yeah it yeah. can be hysterical and crazy and snot cry and yeah. all of the things but it's over at some point right. and you can go back to non absolute chaos. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. That is, I think that's a huge, a huge point to touch on is that, you know, when it's, 
you know that it's not going to last forever. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of our trauma, we didn't know. We didn't know when it was ever going to end. Yeah. We didn't know when, you know, in my experience, I didn't know if or when my parents would stop fighting. Right. I didn't know if the fight was ever going to get to a place of, I don't know, he might kill her. I have no idea. Right. Because I was 12 or 13 or whatever age it was. And you, you don't know that. So now fast forward, you've got this space where you know, okay, this has, it has a rise and it has a fall and we will come right back down to neutral at some point and everything will be balanced. Yeah. I think that's the key word too, is it is about balance. And if you're, if you're using it properly, BDSM in general, whatever gets your rocks off, whatever the fetish is, whatever the kink is, if you're using it as a form of balance to the rest of your life, then it's healthy. Yes. The minute it becomes an escape from actually living and being a contributing member of society and being an adult and being, you know. You might as well be addicted to painkillers. Yeah. 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 And and I, I have met people that are like that. They they are very much addicted to BDSM and um not using it quote unquote properly and in balance. Um, it should be a, from a person who desires it 24 seven. Yes. Um, I always bring it back to partner choice. Yeah. Um, you choose a partner who also has the theory that it's in balance, that even if it's 24 seven, um, they're going to tell you, you know, um, go take a break. Yeah. You're off for the night, slave. Yeah. Go take a bubble bath, do whatever. I had I had a discussion about this recently um, with the person that I'm dating. Yeah. Um, that that's part of the responsibility of dominant master um, is to order self care mm. yeah. to people like me who don't yeah. readily take it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. As a massage therapist, I know know mm-hmm. that I should get get a massage once a week. Do you? The last massage I had was before COVID. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah. Because if someone's not instructing you to do it, you feel right. guilty or do you just... I don't have time. Yeah. We don't have time. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's something yeah. that is crucial that you make time for. Yeah. I have I have come up with my own little thing to kind of do it like I don't have time for an hour and a half massage with my massage therapist so now I go to the gym and sit in the massage chair and there you go but little bits right little spurts it's something something yeah Yeah. that's valid too it is it is a sign of a good caretaker when they know when they know you need a break yeah um because as much as we or you're allowed to ask for it. Yes. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. They either intuitively know. Yeah. And they pay attention enough to know when you need a minute. Right. Or you you are valid in asking for it. Yeah. And it's honored when yeah. the time is appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. But also, don't overuse it and say you need a break when you don't. True. Yeah. Because it's hard, I think, as, as a slave, I know... Um, it's hard not to just be serving all the time because it feels good. Yeah. It feels good. And and I will say too, some of my service is self-care. Some of the way that I serve is a form of it it does fill my bucket. Mm-hmm. So 
it's hard to define self-care sometimes yeah. because we think, well, this feels really, really good because I'm serving this other person. But I think it is important, yeah, to know that like you also need to serve yourself. If you can't serve yourself, hot take, <laughs> if you can't serve yourself, how are you going to serve someone else effectively? Yeah. Uh, it's the same way with power, right? If you don't have all the power over yourself at some point, how are you giving any of it away Yeah, at any given point? And I think that's where getting into the little space and middle space can be detrimental. If, if you actually can't do the adult stuff and you are literally just giving the control and the power over to someone else 24 seven, there's really no power or control to give away. Yeah. If you don't know how to pay your own bills, if you don't know how to go to the DMV, yeah. um, what happens if your mommy, daddy dies? That's, that's a valid point. And that's happened in our community too, where I know that, you know, we've got a lot of, it's, it's very prevalent. I think it's prevalent in society in general, but especially in the BDSM community, there are a lot of age gap relationships where I think that comes into play where the mommy or the daddy or the caregiver is quite a bit older than the little or the middle. Yeah. Or, and that does happen. One, you either break up or that person might pass away. Yeah. Or they get sick and now you are taking care as You're, the yes. little or the middle. I've heard that story that what do you do then? If you don't even know how to take care of yourself without this person, how are you then giving back? Oh. Because the reality is is if you're you're if you're modeling, you know, this after real life, you know, there used to be a time in society when, when you got old and frail, your kids took care of you, right? They moved you in with them. Yeah. So, you know, that's the, that could be the case. Yeah. And the little becomes the caretaker. You know, your, your, your big has a stroke. Right. Very suddenly, not sick, didn't see it coming. Right. What do you do? What do you do? You don't know how to run the household because yeah. if they didn't teach you how to run the household or if you didn't want to run the household, if you didn't want to learn, if you didn't yeah. utilize that time in order to learn how to be an adult, whether you had to do it on a daily basis yeah. or not, what happens if that's stripped away from you? You don't know how to pay the bills. You've never seen one. Right. You know, how right. are you going, going to then take care of the person who so generously took care of you yeah. to the extent that you don't even know how to take care of yourself. That's yeah. pretty generous if they took care of you that way. Yeah. However, it's also an almost enabling. Yeah, it's an enabling. Yeah. For sure. I think it's important too. It goes both ways. Right. And I think, um, here's the difference in, in my opinion, the difference between actually being a child and having a caretaker as a biological parent or a step parent or whatever versus being in a little middle dynamic with a daddy or mommy or a caretaker in BDSM is as a child, as an actual child, you shouldn't have that responsibility on you to make sure mom and dad are taking care of themselves. Yeah. Um, no, that's the adult's role. They right. need to know when to say enough is enough. You need to go play in your room. You need to go find something to do. I need some time for myself. But when we get into a dynamic like this, we are adults and we should have the capability to say to our caretaker, you need a break. Yeah. Daddy, you need a break. 
I can see that you're stressed out and you need a break. So I'm going to go take care of myself for a little while so that you can have a moment to recharge because you're no good to me if you're empty the same way I'm no good to you if I'm empty. Yeah. So I think that's important to see it on, on both sides is that that's where it differs is we have that responsibility within BDSM to say, okay, we are at the end of the day, we're, we're both adults. We need to use our voice. We need to use our autonomy and our, you know, just our self-expression to make sure we are noticing that about the other partner that when they need time off or they need self-care. Yeah. Well, I had in my first dynamic that I joke about, we did everything wrong um, because we kept things very separate. It was, this is this space. This is this. It was, there was a very hard line of this is Simone. This is cookie. Right. Okay. And this is blank name and daddy. Right. Um, And so in order to, have the transition into it be smooth. This is one of the things I think we did right for the way we had it set up. Sure. Um, in order to not ask and feel rejected if that person wasn't into being into space, I wore hair ties on my wrists at all times. Okay. And if he wanted to be in daddy mode, he would pop my bands on my wrist. Uh-huh. If I wanted to be in it, I would put my hair in pigtails and he would either respond to it or ask me to take my hair down oh. if he was not capable of being in that space, if that was not where he was at in yeah. the moment. So that it wasn't a no. Yeah. It wasn't being told no. That felt yeah. very rejection oriented yeah. and and could you know hurt feelings. Yeah. So we had these signals and the other person could respond or not or, you know, respond with a quote unquote, no, that wasn't verbal. Yeah. I like that. The, the code words kind of thing, the codes that you can do with each other. And some people have the ability to just be vocal about it and it's, you know, Hey, straight up. No, not right now or whatever. But for those of us that have that issue of like, I don't want to hear a no, Mm -hmm. I I don't, that would be, that would be harmful for me. So yeah, let's do these code words codes that we have or whatever. That's a good idea. I like that. Hmm. Man, I, I, I want everybody listening to know that if you've dealt with this and you've had this trauma, you are 100% not alone. There are so many of us in this community that have had some sort of trauma. Um, I think everybody deals with trauma when they grow up what extent I'm not here to judge like is your trauma worse than mine or better than mine or whatever but we all process things differently and you know some people's trauma is one time we got in a car accident and I've never gotten over it and I was 10 years old right my ex-husband's trauma was that his mom was always around (laughs) I'm not kidding you I remember you telling me this yeah we laugh about it but she was the art mom and she was always at the school and I just could never get away from her I'm like are you kidding me? Like yeah. in that moment, I was like, listen, you know, yeah. but that's, that was his form of trauma is right. that he never had any privacy and autonomy from his mother. I could see how that'd be suffocating and traumatic that's too. completely suffocating. Right. Yeah. So his trauma, my trauma wasn't worse than his just because mine was more, you know, physical right. or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, because that, in his universe, that was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see how that could be a a huge issue because you lose 
you lose your identity, right? You, or you have no ability to form an identity. Yeah. You aren't an individual at that point yeah. when you're always paired. I mean, that's, that's codependency mm-hmm. 101, right? Like you, you just never were alone. You never had the chance to be imaginative and figure out who you were because you had somebody telling you. Everybody knew your mom. Yes. You couldn't do nothing because, you. Oh. oh, she was getting told by six people everything yeah. you did, you know? Yeah. That it's is a, traumatic. It's a form of trauma. He went hog wild when he went to college, too. When I he got bet. out from under his mom's thumb, he went fucking crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's not surprising. Yeah. That's not surprising. But it is easy. It's easy for people to be like, let me play my fucking little violin for that's, you. When he first told me that, that's exactly how I was. I was like, uh, um, get out of my car. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. When yeah. my mom cared. That's really what my reaction yeah. was, you know, in hindsight and and after, you know, thinking about life a little bit more and growing up a little bit more, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I like I get it. Yeah. I get it. In yeah. your universe, that that is the most traumatic thing yeah. to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So to you, that's that's a 10. Yeah. Where in my universe, that would have been like, wow, that would have yeah. been, you know, glorious. I, I would wish for that. Yeah. And, you know. That's, I would think, um, trauma in and of itself, like the definition, and I don't know, Webster's, whatever, but I have to imagine it. it's something like, it's anything that is so extreme on one side of the spectrum. Yeah. It's Whatever either, your spectrum is. Exactly. So yeah. wherever your neutral lies, which can be different for different people within the same family. Sure. It's whatever that trauma is something extreme that happens on either end. Yeah. Whether it's my mom was always around or my mom was never around. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just something extreme that happens yeah. that, that seems to, to shift that balance it's off balance at the end of the day Jeez, so true <laughs> psychology is so fascinating it is it's, fascinating. it's one of the things that i love about bdsm is picking apart yes why we do the things we do yeah. and what it does for us yeah um and and i i don't think that's the norm for most people they you know they found this thing and and they don't know why yeah. It feels good to them, but damn it, it does. And so they're going to do it and yeah. and they're not, it, it is healing them um, probably in some subconscious way they're just not aware of. Sure. Um, but then there are those people that, that get stuck and it would, it would behoove them to understand themselves better and yeah. might make them um, function better in the rest of their life. Right, right. I think that's what I think I think we all have some sort of need for BDSM in general and we all have it in us. Yeah. Um it's just what triggers it, mm-hmm. what brings it out. Yeah. Um and I think those of us that can kind of get in touch with that um it's a little easier yeah. to bring it out. But yeah. I mean, I'm a prime example. I don't, I think we might've touched on this in the last podcast. I had a therapist fire me. I'd been with her for five years, once a week for five years. Yeah. And she, I entered BDSM in her care. And okay. two years in, she said, you don't need me anymore. She's like, I, I was skeptical about this when you first started it. I was kind of afraid for you. Um, but I have never seen you more calm and centered in five years. That's crazy. And 
whatever you're doing, keep doing it because it's it's got you in a good place. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's because I was using it in a in a balanced fashion. Yeah. 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 That's crazy. We have that in common. I've also been fired by a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrifying. I was I felt an intense um, I was abandonment like, can you moment. Just, can you just say graduated instead right? of firing me? <laughs> She's like, I'm I'm not scheduling you an appointment your next appointment. And I'm yeah. like, but I mean, this is where I come to vent. Like it be it. it she was yeah. not wrong. It had become a security blanket, yeah. and it was time to venture out on my own. She's like, I'm a phone call away. You can make an appointment right. if you need sure. one. But sure. I think you're gonna find you out. You don't need one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think if you use it wisely, then it is. It definitely can be that therapy for you. Yeah. Crazy. Jeez. Uh, thank you for sharing all of that. You're welcome. I appreciate that. And I hope that everyone else hearing this appreciates it too. I think they will. Yeah. But you're not alone. Not alone in whatever trauma you've been through and are still working through. I'd say tip number one, don't use it as an escape. Don't run away from it. Yeah. Find the need behind the need. Find out the why. Yeah. Work through your shit, but use BDSM as that tool to help you work through it. I would like to mention some resources for people that are listening that are interested in more um, the conversation about it is not um, pedophilia, um, the yeah. conversation about how to use those um, uh, reward chart type systems yeah. to function as an adult in little space. Um, I have a friend from Austin, Texas. He is LTD on um, FET and he has a lot of podcasts and recordings and things that he's done that that delve really deep into this. He's a very yeah. thoughtful daddy and um, he really takes into consideration uh, the, the multiple layers and levels of things that go into age play. Yeah. Um, it's his, his main um, dynamic Okay. And like I said, he has tons of links on his profile. Um, I've listened to a lot of them and yeah. they're just really well thought out and um, can help you along those, especially the dispelling that it's pedophilia. He he's, has it. I've heard him talk a number of times about that topic. Good, good. LTD on Fat Life. Yeah. Just all one. Just Plus he's just hot. Okay. Well, that helps. Hot daddy. <laughs> hot daddy. Hot, take hot daddy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, look him up and and see all the resources there. And I'm going to scrounge around before I post this and uh, post some other stuff too. I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's books that we can link and people can learn a lot more. But hopefully this episode helps. I think it will. So, Yay. Thanks for sharing. I appreciate it. We, we didn't cry. I only teared up once. <laughs> Just I once. did better than I thought. I'm like, oh, God. Yeah. It's Shit. a good thing we did this in the morning and the lawnmower was going. He kept it casual. <laughs> <laughs> the next time we do it, we'll do it over drinks. We'll probably cry our eyes out. There so you go. That's, we'll do it that way. Uh, <laughs> thank you, everybody, for joining us. Um, and we will talk at you next week. See you later. Today's episode of Submerge was sponsored by Dyadic Rope. You can find multicolored rope, metal suspension rings, and wax play candles on their site, dyadicrope.com. And Submerge listeners get a discount on their products. So be sure to enter the coupon code SUBMERGE at checkout for 15% off of your order. That's dyadicrope.com. Enter that coupon code SUBMERGE and you will receive 15% off your order today. 
All interviews on Submerge are from consenting adults sharing consensual experiences from their life. All opinions expressed in today's episode are those of the individual giving them and should be taken as such. Always do your research before entering into anything potentially dangerous. Vet your partners and always negotiate thoroughly. We record all episodes unscripted. Please reach out if any potential corrections to information you heard today would help our community be safer and more educated. Contact us at Media at gmail.com.